Welcome to High Desert Word Center, everybody. How we doing? On a beautiful Wednesday night, we've got a great service planned for you tonight. Here in a few minutes, we're going to have a musical performance from uh, one of our vocal classes at from the Home School Co-op. And, uh, and so th- that has been just a wonderful success. Amen. Check the woofers. Come on, somebody. Hey. So... <laughs> But anyway, we're going to have a great time tonight, all right? Got a few announcements for you as we get things started. First of all, today is Veterans Day, and so we want to give a great, big, wonderful thank you to all of our veterans. Uh, on Sunday, we honored our veterans with a gift from the church. And if you were not here Sunday and you served, uh, we have a gift we want to give you tonight. So please let me or one of the ushers, please let them know, because we really do want to get that to you. Uh, and so please let me or the ushers know, and we want to give you that present after the service. But we honor you. We thank you. You're the best in the world. There's nobody like you, all right? So praise God. All right. Do we have any ladies in the house? All right. They are here. They duly noted. All right. So ladies, you have the women's meeting coming up Friday at 630. Am I right? And you are having a chocolate party, uh, a chocolate. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. Wow. Us guys thought we were doing good getting donuts the other day, but you just got to you got to take it to that level. You got to. Wow. So Friday night. Uh, you are going to be having a some sort of chocolate party. Are you starting up the fondue fountain and all that? Okay, okay, okay. All right, all right. Br- bring your own chocolate to to share. Individually wrapped stuff like that. So it'll be great. But ladies, you have a great time. I will not be in attendance. Sadly, I'll be home doing kid stuff or whatever. All right. Now, uh, Thanksgiving. Who's ever? Who's ready for some Thanksgiving? Thanksgiving is uh, obviously coming up. We will be celebrating Thanksgiving as a church family Sunday, November 22nd, and we are having Thanksgiving dinner. Amen. Uh, who's excited about that? So we should. We have been working with a local restaurant to get it catered in, so you guys don't have to make it this year and all that stuff. We will have a price by Sunday, and we're looking at each family. We'll we'll let you know Sunday. Uh, we'll we'll pay them, and uh, we're trying to get it around a good reasonable rate for each family. And if for your family it's a hardship, and you you know said, well, I I, I don't think we can. Uh, afford for our family to do it let us know we'll get it worked out but we want everybody to be here okay sunday november 22nd and we are really trying to make this happen and it is going to happen it's going to be absolutely wonderful all right well i'm going to go ahead and i believe turn it over to our junior high and high school vocal group okay and they've got the musicians and everything so we are super excited about this. Now, um, on the camera there, you got that? Okay, very good. So I'm going to turn it over to them, and let's enjoy. They've been working very, very hard on this.
tread on me. He's choking on the blood that ran down the tree. Ain't no devil gonna tread on me. Oh no, you've done it now. Gone against the king. Gone against the crown. Said, Oh no, you've done it now. Time to feel the fire. Rumors spreading around. How could you think he would stay down? Said, Rumors spreading around. He's nothing but a liar. Get on out of here. Get on up and leave. Ain't no devil gonna tread on me. He's choking on the blood that ran down the tree. Ain't no devil gonna tread on me. job let's hear it for them amen we are super proud of them they have worked so hard and we want to give a shout out to jacob and heather who have worked with them let's hear it for jacob and heather amen they put a lot of work into this and have done a fabulous job with the kids and uh, and with Jacob and Heather, we want to pray over them real quick tonight uh, because actually they are going to be heading back to Washington tomorrow. They've got uh, they need to help their family out. Jacob's grandma is in a situation where they need some assistance to help grandma out uh, with some health stuff that she's going through, and they're going to step up to the plate and help out with that. And Jacob's got also some possible job offers up there. So they've helped us so much the last couple of months being with us, and we love them and of course 
They're always, always welcome here with us. So let's hear it for Jacob and Heather. We love them so much. I'm going to pray over them. If you could release your faith with me, extend your hands this way. Father, in Jesus' name, we thank you, Lord, for the Woodhurst family, for Jacob and Heather, Lord, and for the three beautiful kids that you blessed them with. And God, we pray that as they head up there to, to do the honorable thing, the right thing, Lord, and, and help take care of the family, Lord. Help take care of uh, the, the elders in their family, Lord, that you're blessing them. They've got a safe trip all the way there with the kids, God, and you're opening up every door that needs open in their life. And we thank you and we speak blessing over them for all they've done for us, Lord. We love them and you love them. They are nothing but blessed in the mighty name of Jesus. Amen. Amen. All Amen. right, guys. Very good. So we will dismiss uh, the group here and all the youth group, all the teenagers can be dismissed to go next door. All right. So let's hear it for our youth. We got a lot of teenagers up in here. It's a good sign when your church has a lot of young people. We want, we love people of every age, obviously, but it's good to have a future ahead of you, right? <laughs> so that's our teens right there. We love them. Uh, let's, who knows what time it is now? Where am I going with this? It's happy time. You knew it. And so uh, if you need an envelope for your giving tonight, raise your hand and the ushers will get one to you. If you'd like to give online or electronically, you can go to hdwc.org slash giving. We're going to open up our Bibles to Proverbs chapter 11. I'm not feeling that excitement for the word of God right now. Come on. I said Proverbs chapter 11. Help me out. All right. Proverbs 11, we're going to look at verses 24 and 25 in the New Living Translation here. Proverbs 11, verses 24 and 25. There we go. We've got all sorts of bells and whistles going on tonight. It says this, look at this. Give freely and become more wealthy. Be stingy and lose everything. I mean, that, that just seems to go against what the rest of the world tells you. They're like, no, don't, don't, don't give freely. You'll lose everything you got. But God's word says, if you'll be a giver, if you'll give freely, you'll only become more wealthy. That's God's way. But if you're stingy, you end up losing everything. Verse 25, the generous will prosper. Those who refresh others will themselves be refreshed. And so as God's people, as the children of God, we do things different than the rest of the world. We aren't depending upon their advice. We've been told in Proverbs 3 to trust in the Lord with all of our hearts and lean not to our own understanding. All right? And so when God's word says... Hey, be a giver. It's just opening up the doorway for God to bless you even more. We trust what His Word's saying. And I can tell you now that He has never let me down. I never regret obeying God's Word. And every time I do, there's always blessing in it for me. And so I'm going to obey Him in every area. And the way I treat other people. And the way I read my Bible. And all sorts of areas. And that does not exclude the area of my finances. I say, God, you tell me what to do with my money, and I'm going to do it. And God blesses me for it. Can we get an amen tonight? All right. We're going to go ahead and say our financial faith confession. And then we're going to have an awesome time of praise and worship. Who's ready to do this? All right. As we bring the Lord's tithe and give offerings today, we believe we receive jobs or better jobs Promotions, raises and bonuses, benefits, sales and commissions, growth and business, settlements, estates and inheritances, interest and income, rebates and returns, checks in the mail, gifts and surprises, finding money, bills paid off, debts paid off, royalties received, blessings and increase. Thank you, Lord, for meeting all my financial needs so I have more than enough to take good care of my family, to give generously in the kingdom of God, and promote the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. Let's go. Let's all stand.
worthy to worship. Every fear overtaken, every wall comes crashing down. I am free in your presence. Whoa. You have lifted my burden. You surround me with your grace, full of hope in your presence. Whoa.
Isn't it so wonderful to know that Jesus is our Lord personally? He knows every one of us. He knows you. He knows where you live at. And aren't we glad that our future as individuals, as families, does depend on some politician or some doctor or some sports player or anybody else? Our walk with God and what we receive from Him depends upon us and what we do. How we respond to His Word. How we listen to the Holy Spirit in our hearts. And that's what I want to do tonight is teach some things from the Bible to encourage you and give you hope that no matter who your president is, no matter who your governor is, no matter if your sports team wins or loses, has nothing to do with how you succeed in life. has everything to do with what you do in your walk with God. Let's give the Lord a hand again. You can be seated. And, uh, you know, I, I just want to always encourage you, take notes, take notes, take notes. Always bring something to write on. Always bring your Bible. Always look at the verses. And, uh, you know, we don't have a screen up there uh, sometimes. And so you always want to make sure you got your own Bible to see things and to be able to take your Bible home and read your Bible, the things you've seen and underlined. But uh, for tonight... Uh, the best title I come up with was this, You are personally responsible for the quality of life you and your family will or will not enjoy. Amen. I tell you what, I don't know about you. I got politicked out. I got politicked out. All I heard from, from one side is how it's the end of the world if the other side wins and the other side, if the other side wins, it's the end of the world. But the whole thing about it, the world's not going to end until Jesus says it does. And so until until it ends, there's no, there's no need for your world to end. And so I want to tell you the title of this again. You are personally responsible for the quality of life you and your family will or will not enjoy. I've lived through a lot of presidents. Matter of fact, the first president that, that I remember was a guy named Harry Truman. And some of you probably have, don't have a clue who Harry Truman was. I remember, I remember Dwight D. Eisenhower. I remember the bumper stickers. I like Ike. I remember, I remember John Kennedy running for president. I remember U, uh, LBJ for the USA. And all the different slogans all those guys had for years and years and years. And so I know that politics been going on for years. I know that lots of things and lots of states have been going on for years, but I know this, heaven doesn't change. Jesus doesn't change. Made it through everything, but I've been a Christian now for 41 years. And I found out in 41 years of living, if I will listen to what Jesus has said in the Bible and then respond appropriately, then what he says in the Bible belongs to me, I get. And so I stick with him through it all. But I want you to look at... First uh, Thessalonians chapter two, and I want you to see something in this in this chapter here. We're gonna we're gonna uh, be looking at verse thirteen, but this this chapter here, uh, beginning at verse one, expresses my heart and every true spiritual father's heart uh, for for the people that God sends to him, that God trusts him with to watch over them and feed them the word of God and nurture them in the faith. And so I want to look, I'm just going to glance at verse 7 and look at a couple of verses and then get to verse 13. And so Paul says it this way, and ever since I was a first pastor way back in the early 90s, this has always jumped off me every time I see it. Verse 7 says, but we were gentle among you, even as a nurse or a nursing mother cherishes her children. I know I know that in the church right now, we have a lot of nursing mothers. Matter of fact, we have some in action right now. I had to look around. we got nursing mothers that actually have to speak. And so these nursing mothers have nothing but the best interest of the little babies at heart. As the little babies totally depend that the mom is going to feed them right, going to do the right thing. And so, and so Paul said, that's how a spiritual leader is with the people God sends to him. says, we love you. We want to feed you. We're gentle with you. We want to take care of you like a nursing mother does her infant. He says in verse 8, So, so being affectionately desirous of you, we were willing 
to have imparted on you not, not the gospel of God only, but also our own souls, because you were dear unto us. And that's what spiritual fathers do. So I, I today, when I was praying, I just was sincerely asking Jesus, with all the stuff going on, the COVID goes up, the COVID goes down, the COVID goes up, the COVID goes down. Uh, all the politicians say, yakety, 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 yak. And you know, with, praise God, smartphones today, you can't get that stuff off your phones, man. It comes at you, it comes at you, it comes at you, it comes at you, and you delete it. And I was thinking, man, the devil's absolutely trying to steal the hope from families, the hope from Christians. And praise God, we can come together and hear the word of God. So I said, Jesus, what do you want to say that's going to help the people of God tonight? And so he gave me what he gave me, but I feel like what Paul said there, we'd impart to you everything we've got because we have no artillery motives. Our only motive is we want to help people like Jesus would help people. We want people to be able to look forward to something in the future and not just get up every day and just hear the yakety, 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 yak. You thought it was bad yesterday. Guess what? It's going to be worse tomorrow. You thought, man, it can't get any worse. They tell you, well, guess what? Blue state, red state, white state, no state. And then COVID, 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 COVID. Well, we're going to, guess what, guys? You're going to be blessed this Thanksgiving. We might let you have five people in your house. But we got five kids and two of us. We got seven people. Which two has to leave? Where are they going to go? My, everybody in my family has more than five people. What are we going to do? You can't, you can't have Thanksgiving turkey this year because turkey's known to cause, cause cancer. Well, besides that, it caused COVID. Well, what are we going to do? Can we have peanut butter and jelly? Well, somebody might have breathed on it. <laughs> no, that's about how, that's about what you hear, but praise God for the good news. Amen. Let's give God praise for the good news. Thank you, Jesus, for the good news. Amen. And so I want to look at verse 13. And verse 13 is such a, to me, self-explanatory verse in the Bible that if believers live by what this verse says, then there's nothing ever, 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 ever will keep you down again. Now look at this. I'm going to break it apart because I'm not only a pastor, but I'm a Bible teacher. And matter of fact, the difference between a preacher and teacher is this. To preach means to proclaim, to teach means to explain. And so we can preach and proclaim the good news, but we need to be taught to have it explained to us. So this verse says, and so keep in mind the heart, the heart of a spiritual father that Paul just explained. Then he says, for this cause also thank we God without ceasing. Now listen to this. When you received the word of God, which you heard of us, you received it not as the word of men, but as in truth, the Word of God. The Word of God. You can hear the word of politicians, newscasters, lots of other different people talking to you. That's the, the Word of men. But Paul said, I'm so glad you received what we taught, not as our own words, but as the words from God. Can you see what I'm saying? Now look at this. And this here is the key to all your Christian faith how much you receive or don't receive from God that he said belongs to you. He says the word of God, which affectionately works also in you. He didn't stop there. He said in you that believe. A lot of people hear the Bible taught, but he said it's only effective when you believe it. And so believe is an action word for faith. And so faith is an action word when you shift it into believing. That means something clicked where you said, wow, that's mine. And think about this. If you have a good relationship with your parents, if they're living, or parents you have a good relationship with your children, or with somebody else you really trust, a really, really, really close friend, and they told you, I want you to have that car and I'm going to put the money in your account this Friday. Go make your best deal. The money will be there when you go make the deal. Well, if it's somebody you really trust and you don't receive it just as a word of somebody that's just 
blowing smoke at you, but somebody you really trust, your dad tells you that, your mom tells you that, or you've got a son or a daughter, and they're really well in life, and you know they've got the money, and they say, hey, you go out and get your best deal, and I'm backing you. Well, you believe that. When you believe that, you act on it. Amen. And that's what he says, that his word works effectively in you. He didn't stop there. It says you that believe. And so he says, bring the tithe through the storehouse. I'll open the windows of heaven. You live in blessings. Said, lay hands on the sick in my name and you'll recover. And, you know, whatever else, any Bible verse you think of, surrounded with favor as a shield. Say, I'm walking in the favor of God. I'll get that job because I have favor. I'm walking right in there like I own the place, like I've got this job because God told me he gave me his favor. And so what I saw years ago about where he said, you receive this not as the word of a man only, but as God's word. And this you receive God's word. It works affection in you that believe. Here's what I saw. Uh, how many know what an epoxy is? An epoxy is a, a, t- a type of, I don't know what you call it, a type of cement, a type of glue. I guess they got different epoxies, but they come in two tubes, two containers, and both of them have great potential. But the potential is never realized till you open the tubes, mix them together, and then the hardener with whatever that other chemical is called, resin or something, whatever it is, you mix them together, then a chemical reaction takes place, and they'll bond anything. Well, you take the Word of God, and then you mix it with active faith in a believer's heart. Faith has great potential. It's got to be mixed with the Word. The Word has great potential. It's got to be activated by faith. And so when you hear the Word of God taught, and you receive that as God talking to me personally, and you act on it like God just talked to you, then you've mixed it with faith, then you're going to get results that cannot be broken. Amen. And so I'm talking to you about hope tonight, about your future tonight, in spite of an employer or no employer, in spite of a president you really like or one you don't like, in spite of whatever goes on around you, that your quality of life will either be good or not good based upon what you do for what you hear tonight. Amen. And so, I've studied the Word of God for 41 years. I've read the Bible. I've studied the Bible. I've meditated in it. I've sat under great Bible teachers. And I've never, ever, ever, since I got born again, looked at the Bible as just an ordinary book or a history book. The Bible has history in it, but the Bible is a living book. And so I've always, I've always, I've always received the Bible and verses jump off into my heart as Jesus personally talking to me. When Jesus tells me, I can do all things through Christ which strengthens me, I can do it. When Jesus tells me, I'll supply all your need according to my riches in glory, then the economy doesn't bother me. When Jesus tells me, I'm not giving you the spirit of fear, there's nothing the devil can throw out of me that makes me afraid anymore because Jesus talked to me. The Bible talks to me personally. And so I've always endeavored in all the years. Matter of fact, I've been preaching since 1981. In all the years I've been preaching, teaching the Word of God, I have always did my best to convey it and get it across to the people I'm talking to that you receive this like this is Jesus talking to you personally. Amen. And that's what he said. He said, when I, when, when I taught the Word of God to you, he said, you received it as it is, the Word of God, not as a Word of man, and it'll be effective in your life. If you hook up with it, that's what believe it is. You hook up with it and do it. So I've, I've always worked at doing that. And I've always tried to get people to, 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 to see the word for their lives personally. That's why so many times, if you've been in the church long, you've seen me do this sometimes. And I don't do that because Joel Osteen does it or Dr. Barclay or other people. This is something I do as an object lesson 
to get it into your heart. And, you know, might as, might as well do it right now. You know, this is in line with the verse what we're talking about. Hold up your Bible. Hold up your Bible. Wow, this ship is sinking fast. Uh, do you have a Bible? Okay. Say, this is my Bible. Say that again. Say, this is my Bible. This is the holy written word of God. Given to me by God my Father. This is the written word. Given to me to reveal the living word. Jesus is the living word. I can have everything, absolutely everything that Jesus says I can have. I can do everything. Everything Jesus says I can do, I can do. And I am who Jesus says I am. I'm not a loser. I'm not a wimp. I'm not sick. I'm not depressed. I'm not broke. I'm never confused about the future. Because Jesus said, He's my wisdom. And so I always know where I'm going, what I'm going to do, and how it's going to turn out. Because Jesus speaks to me personally from the Bible. Amen, amen. Give the Lord a hand. I've lived that way all my Christian life. And the ones that I've taught the Bible that believe the Bible, then that's how they get it too. So anyway, with that in mind, I did that to set up Jeremiah 29. How many have ever read Jeremiah 29? Amen. I know I know a lot of you have, and, and you may have forgotten it, but I want you to look at Jeremiah 29, and this is Jesus talking to you. This is Jesus talking to me about the times we live in. Jeremiah 29, we're going to look at verse 11 through 14. And I want to say this again. You are personally responsible for the quality of life you and your family will or will not enjoy. And, you know, I can give you so many verses that God tells you what he wants you to have. You know, you think about John 10.10. 10. John 10.10, 10, he said he came for us to have and enjoy life. It abundance to the full, till it overflows. But he told us we got an enemy called the thief. Said he come to steal, kill, and destroy. Uh, he'll use the media. He'll use social media. He'll even use carnal Christians that haven't had their minds renewed to the word of God yet to preach doom and gloom to you because they feed on the fake news. They'll try to tell you uh, all, all, the, all the COVID horror stories. They'll tell you all the horror political stories and everything else. What's that got to do with the Word of God? Jesus told me personally, He came for me and the Samples family to have and enjoy life. And so that's where I'm hooked up at. Anything opposite of that, I say it's the thief. And He told me personally in James 4, 7, Submit to God, resist the thief, and He'll flee. He told me personally in Matthew 18, 18, what I bind on earth is bound in heaven, what I loose on earth is loosed in heaven. So the quality of my life and my family depends on what we do with God's word. Amen? And so we, we believe the word will stick with us. Jeremiah 29, verse 11. And you can put your name in here. And this is Jesus talking. For I know the thoughts, Chuck and Heidi, that I think towards you. David Irma, I know the thoughts. I think towards you, he said. And you know, I, li- I like the NIV and also the New Living Translation says the same thing. He says, instead of thoughts in those other translations, I know the plans I have for you. I know the plans I have for you, Blake and Norma. God said, I got plans for you, Sonia and Tony. He said, I got plans for you. He said, I plans for you, saith the Lord, thoughts of peace, plans of peace. Plans to prosper you, NIV says, and not to harm you. Plans to give you hope and a future. Hope and a future. And so, I didn't name everybody the whole church, but as you're thinking about this here, God said, my plans for you are to give you hope and a future. That doesn't sound to me like doom and gloom. That doesn't, that doesn't sound to me like the stupid phrase a lot of people like to use. Oh, I just don't have a clue. 
Well, if you don't have a clue, let's look at the next couple of verses and maybe you'll get a clue. Amen. Number one, number one clues this. God said he's got a good plan for me. Amen. And we have to understand in the Bible, God always gives personal responsibility to you. Connect with him. To find out what it is you're supposed to do. Amen. And I like it when God always tells me the end from the beginning. God told me already, hey, I got good plans for your future samples. I got good plans for you. He says, I've got a good future and a hope for you samples. Well, that's great then. I'll just go living like a sinner then and maybe it'll just happen. He tells us this. He says, then shall you call upon me and you shall go and pray unto me and I will hearken unto you. God says, I've given you the first part. I've got a good plan. And then you know what God says? He says, now go find out what it is. Okay, I think I'll just sit and watch the news all day long and get depressed. You're not going to find the plan watching the news all day long. Well, I think I'll go get on Facebook all day long and listen to all the gossip. You're not going to find the plan on Facebook. Well, uh, I've got a bunch of unsaved friends that we just like to hang out at the bowling alley, or I guess you can't do that now. Or we like to hang out at the sports park. You can't do that now. Well, I guess we'll just go soak up some suds. I hope you don't do that. You're not going to find God's plan hanging around with carnal Christians or even listen to preachers on the Internet that may or may not even be saved just because they got a, a license that says they can preach if they're not teaching the Word of God and they're not teaching things in line with the Word of God that you don't come from the Word of God. You're not going to find God's plan there. God said this. He said, he said, you shall call upon me. You don't go on Facebook and ask the advice of all the people on Facebook. If you want to find God's plan, you have to go straight to the one that says, I've got the plan. He says, I've got the plan. He said, now come to me and separate from some things to find out what the plan is. And then he says, and you shall seek me and find me. We shall search for me with all your heart, and I will be found of you, saith the Lord, and I will turn away your captivity. He said, when you seek me with all your heart, you'll find me, and I'll turn away your captivity. There's a lot of people right now that are captive to fear. Fear of the unknown, fear of the future, fear of what if. Faith cometh by hearing, hearing by the word of God. Fear cometh by hearing, hearing by the word of the world. The world is on a different wavelength than what we are. And I want to show you a few verses here. that I wrote these down because we need to see this. We need to be refreshed. How many know that we are dual citizens? We have dual citizenship. We're citizens of the kingdom of heaven. We have temporary residence on planet earth. We're not going to be here forever. One of these days, we're going to leave this body. And when this body lays down, we're not dead. The body is. But our spirit comes out and goes to our eternal home in heaven. And so we need to be very, very conscious of the parallel worlds we're in right now. We're functioning in this world. We've got to receive instructions from that world to be able to navigate through this world. Amen? Amen. And so I want you to hold your place. I'm going to come back to this a little bit. I want you to look at 2 Corinthians chapter 4, verse 4. And I want to say this again. Just like Paul said that we cherish you like a nursing mother does her infant child, we impart to you our very soul, everything we can, so you don't lose in life. And I just think about the hopeless, hopeless, hopeless condition of the world right now. We're in the world, Jesus said in John 17, but we're not of the world. We're temporarily navigating through this world, but this isn't our home. 
where somebody passing through this and our job while we're here, whether you know it or not, every born again Christian is called to be a missionary. You're a missionary to your family. You're a missionary, missionary on your job. You're a missionary to your neighbors. You're a missionary when you walk through Walmart or wherever you're at. You have a mission. Your mission comes from Jesus to share the gospel with everybody you can. To always be ready to give an answer to everybody that crosses your path. That's your mission, but you cannot live under the fear, the condemnation, and the doubt, and the depression that's in the world right now, because they don't have any answers. You know, uh, there's lots of experts, but I, I heard a preacher say years ago that all an expert is is a, is a drip of water. That's a spurt under pressure. That's an expert, just a drip under pressure. A spurt. Under expert. And so, you know, I know there's a lot of smart people, but if they don't understand spiritual things, they're not too smart. You gotta understand the spiritual. The second Corinthians 4, 4 says this. Well, verse 3. If our gospel be hid, is hid to them that are lost, it says, in whom the God of this world hath blinded the minds of them which believe not. The God of this world has blinded the minds of them which believe not. And so Satan is the God of the world system and blinds the minds of unsaved people and carnal Christians that don't read their Bible much and sit under worldly preachers. A Christian can confess Jesus as their Lord, but they never get in anointed church services if they don't listen to to men and women of faith that actually teach the Bible, not what they think the Bible should say in modern times. The Bible was written for all times. And if you're listening to people that are blinded by the God of this world, your counsel is not going to be good. Amen. And so that's why Romans 12, 2 says, don't be conformed to the world. Be transformed by renewing of your mind. So you can prove what's that good and acceptable and perfect will. God has a perfect will for you. You can be in just the will of God by being saved. You're in the will of God. You're going to heaven. But if you want to fine-tune and tweak that will of God on earth, you got to get a little more serious about your Bible time, your prayer time. That's what he said. He said, you seek me. And you seek him in prayer. And you seek him in the word. You find out what the word says. I, 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 I was raised under good faith people. And I learned as a baby Christian that when I, when I wanted answers from God, I had to find out what's the Bible say about this. What does the Bible say how a husband should treat his wife? What does the Bible say I should do with my money? What does the Bible say when I have somebody that's being mean to me? What does the Bible say I should do to raise my children so they please Jesus? What does the Bible say and so if you've got to seek God, you've got to find out what does the Bible say. Amen? And so the God of this world has people blinded. And I want you to look at Second Corinthians, or not Second Corinthians, uh, look, look at First John chapter 5, verse 19. Because you need to see this. If you want to see that plan God has for you, you've got to understand the enemies to your faith out there. You know, if there wasn't anything in the spiritual realm besides Jesus and the Holy Spirit and the angels of God, everything would be fine. You've got to understand the spiritual realm. First John 5.19 says this, And we know that we are of God, and the whole world lieth in wickedness. We are of God when we're born again in the family of God, but the whole world lies in wickedness. And I like the Amplified Bible, what it's, how it defines that verse. I wrote it, I always write that beside that verse when I get into a Bible. The Amplified Bible says this. We know positively that we are of God. How many here know positively that you are of God because Jesus Christ lives in your heart and you belong to Jesus? I mean, there's no doubt we are of God, but it says that the whole world around us is under the power of the evil one. Whole world around us is under the influence of the devil. 
We as Christians, and see, I want to emphasize this as a spiritual father to you, you can't go to the wrong people to get answers about your future. You can't go to the wrong people that are connected with God to tell you about critical decisions in life, about where you should live, about where you should work, about where you should or should not go to church, about you who you should or should not hang out with, about what politician you should believe. It says the whole world around us are not connected with God and they're under the influence of the evil one. And we've seen that in two verses now. Second Corinthians uh, 4, 4, 1 John 5, 19. But I want to go to Revelations chapter 12 because we're talking tonight about your future and the quality of life you and your family are going to enjoy or not enjoy is going to be based upon what you do. And God already told you his part. He said, I got a good plan for you. He said, hook up with me. Not just lip service, but how about some knee service? Get on your knees. How about, how about, how about some open the Bible time? Not just in church, but at home. Find out the answers. <clears throat> and so, Revelations chapter 12, verse 9 and verse 10 says, And the great dragon was cast out, that old serpent called the devil and Satan, which deceiveth the whole world. I don't know if you know it or not, the world's very deceived right now. If the world had a clue about spiritual things, they'd all jump on their faces right now. They'd say, Jesus, I need you to come into my heart. They'd say, Jesus, with all this COVID, with all these racial strifes, with all these things going on all around the world right now, Jesus, I need you. But the Bible says the whole world's deceived. i got news for you. I'm not the world. I'm part of the body of Christ. I'm not deceived. I know exactly what's going on. This is end times. Things are getting worse. The Bible already told me that before they started getting worse, it's going to get worse. But he also told me if I would stick with Jesus, my world would be brighter and brighter. And so I made a choice. I made a choice. I've turned it up. I've turned up my prayer time. I've turned up my Bible time. I've turned up my church time. I'm getting closer to the light. I'm not going to get away from it. Amen. It says, he deceives the whole world. He was cast out to the earth and his angels with him. <clears throat> and I heard a loud voice saying in heaven, Now has come salvation and strength and the kingdom of our God and the power of his Christ. For the accuser of our brethren is cast down. Right there, he said, Satan is a deceiver. He's an accuser. Is cast out, which accused him for our God day and night. And I'll just throw something in there for this. With all the different things going on in the world today, blaming this person for the problems, that person for the problems, blaming you, blaming me, blaming a president, uh, blaming a governor, blaming somebody else like that, the accuser of the brethren tries to get you to get your eyes off of Jesus and blaming somebody else for your problems. Amen. I am not getting involved with political fights over all the different stuff going on about people, stuff going on. The president, whether whoever, however things turn out, I am not going to blame a president for my problems. I'm going to blame the devil. I'm going to look to Jesus for my answers. Amen. I am not going to, I, I am not going to blame somebody of a different skin color for my problems. I'm going to look at the devil. He's the accuser. He's the deceiver. He's the liar. Jesus is the one that has my answers. Amen? Amen. And that's how I'm going to find out what my future, my hope is. And then he says that then, verse 11, and they overcame him. Who's him? The deceiver, the one that blinds people, the one that lies to people. They overcame him by the blood of the Lamb, by the word of the testament. They loved out their lives until the death. And verse 12 then says, therefore rejoice ye heavens, you that dwell in them. Woe to the inhabitants of the earth and the sea, for the devil has come down unto you having great wrath. Why does the devil have great wrath? Because he knoweth that he hath but a short time. Satan knows that this earth is about to wrap up. Has anybody knows besides me, I've been around since 1951, some of you have been around longer than that, some of you not as long. Has anybody noticed that the evil in the world's worse now than it's ever been? Satan knows, Satan knows 
there's a day coming very, very soon where there's going to be an angel, grab him, lock him in a bottomless pit, throw him to the lake of fire forever and ever and ever and ever, and he wants to deceive the human race, take as many people with him as he can. And so based upon that, it helps me understand the things going all around me. And so because we're running out of time, I just want to leave this with you. I want to give you hope. God said, he knows you, Cleese and Renee, personally. God said, I've got a good plan for your family. He said, the way you're going to find out, it says, you seek me. Keep on going to church. Keep on reading your Bible. Keep on praying. And it's okay to keep up what's going on in the world because you need to pray for things. But don't let that be where you try to get your faith from. You're not going to get it. If your favorite people win the election, praise God. If your favorite people don't win the election, praise God. The main thing is, God said, God said, I've got a good plan for you. He said, you seek me, not the world. He said, I'll give you my plan. I will hear you. I'll answer you. And then what have you got to do? Like I looked at it. In 1 Thessalonians chapter 2, you receive God's word as it is, not the word of a man, not the word of a preacher, the word of God, and it'll be effective in you, he said, if you hook up with it in faith and put it in action in your life. So the words you've heard tonight is this, God said, good plan, his part, God said your part, spend some extra time praying, seek him about it, and then God said his part, he'll bring it to pass, amen. So your your future and the quality of life for you and your family totally depends not upon God, but upon you. So what are you going to do with it? Amen. Amen. Pastor Dave. Amen. Good word for us. Middle of the week. Motivation, middle of the week, pick me up, man. We've got to stay more connected to Jesus than we ever have before. Oh, and, uh, man, what just, what a reminder for us how powerful it is for us to plug into the Word of God for ourselves and, and feed ourselves daily. Amen. Well, uh, we're gonna be ready to close out tonight. Uh, Robert and the guys have asked if we could, if they could get a couple of, uh, men to help them out. They're gonna take some tables over there for the, uh, women's meeting that's gonna be taking place Friday night. I don't know if you heard about that or not, but yeah. <laughs> so Friday night and uh, if you could get a few guys to help them take some tables over there they would really appreciate that and uh, and just keeping you guys uh, in the loop man we got our Thanksgiving dinner coming up so be prepared for that can we stand up together tonight amen who's had a good Wednesday night at church hallelujah amen well we want to pray over you tonight before we release you and we're going to speak some words of faith over our city but could you raise your hands tonight and i'm going to pray over you father in jesus name we thank you lord for each person that's here lord each person joining us online god and we know that your angels are surrounding and protecting us everywhere we go according to psalm 91 according to psalm 34 we thank you jesus that we are safe we are protected and lord i speak over each person here lord that we are healthy we are whole by the stripes of jesus we thank you for healing and strength in our bodies and lord for the peace of god which surpasses all understanding guarding our hearts and our minds in christ jesus lord use us the rest of this week to do your will, to do your work, to do your way in the city of Barstow and everywhere else that we are. We love you and we praise you, Jesus. You are good. Your mercy endures forever. Hallelujah. Somebody say amen tonight. Amen. I remind you of our 2020 theme verse, Proverbs 11:11 in the Message Bible. It says, when right living people bless the city, it flourishes. But evil talk turns it into a ghost town in no time. We are not going to curse our city with our words. We are going to bless it and let it flourish. Amen. Let's speak some words of faith together tonight. We declare that Barstow is a blessed city. Our families are blessed. Our schools are blessed. Our churches are blessed. Barstow is healed. Barstow is prospering. Barstow is safe. Barstow is strong. Barstow is surrounded by the walls of God's salvation. Barstow is 
full of love, joy, and peace. Barstow is full of the glory of God. Barstow is coming to Jesus. Barstow is saved in Jesus' name. Amen. We'll see you 